recent polls. Digital citizenship. Greta Thunberg. Neil Gorsuch. Raising the minimum age to buy tobacco to 21. And funny, but maybe serious tweets are all coming up next on The Cripe Show. Hey, so I'm sorry that uh, I wasn't able to uh, make a show last week as I had finals week. And, you know, to be completely honest, I uh, wasted a whole lot of time uh, over the course of the semester not doing the homework that I probably should have done. And uh, so I pardon you. Please pardon me for the uh, lack of a show. Last week I am on winter break or I guess Christmas break for the next three weeks and so I plan to have great uh, shows and hopefully you know more action-packed shows I guess the next three weeks as I have more time to prep than what I normally do but anyway we will get right into the show today starting out with recent polls uh, like I've been doing the last few weeks uh, first off, you know, just looking on realclearpolitics.com, uh, 2020 Democratic presidential nomination poll from Emerson on Wednesday, December 18th, uh, has Biden at 32, Sanders at 25, Warren at 12, Buttigieg at 8, Bloomberg at 3, Yang at 6, Klobuchar at 2, Booker at 2, and, uh, the rest pretty much, uh, either from 0 to 4, I guess. Uh, so the spread is Biden is up 7. In an economist slash YouGov poll, it has Biden at 29, Sanders at 19, Warren at 17, Buttigieg at 7, Bloomberg at 4, Yang at 3, Klobuchar at 4, and uh, the rest are between uh, 1 and 3. The spread is Biden is up 10. Something I want to kind of point out and that I've seen a lot of uh, Republicans talking about, and I guess conservatives talk, talking about over the last few weeks, is the... Uh, Polls that show that impeachment is deeply hurting the uh, Democratic, whoever the presidential nominee is, uh, their ability to win come in 2020 in the uh, general election. And I'd just like to say that, you know, I have seen many polls show this trend, but I haven't seen any polls lately showing this. What I mean by that is, you know, a few weeks ago, yes. Uh, even, you know, up to, you know, five days ago, I've seen uh, a great number of polls that show, you know, Trump has huge leads over any of the uh, supported Democratic candidates. But over the past, you know, few days, even, you know, today, Tuesday, the 17th, Monday, the 16th, I haven't really seen this uh, type of polling data uh, come through. Yes, the numbers are smaller than maybe what what they once were. Uh, but that's something to know, and that's something to kind of keep your eye on if you look at polls a lot is to kind of see, especially with how uh, the impeachment vote is supposed to happen today, which I'm filming this on Wednesday, December 18th at around 1230 Eastern, and so it should be coming pretty close. I'm not really going to discuss that at the moment. Getting into the main topic of discussion today, uh, the the... The belief that I share and that I hold, and I think that maybe you'll agree after uh, this, and, you know, I'm briefly discussing this as my show is only 30 minutes long, and I can talk for, you know, a long time about this, and, you know, and what I've seen kind of uh, and, and learned as, you know, being in, inducted into the education system uh, and, and being a uh, American citizen, I guess, more so of that is uh, why I think a lot of the disunity that we are seeing in our society today 
can be attributed to the way in which digital citizenship uh, hasn't been taught well and hasn't been promoted uh, as well as what I would think that, you know, citizenship uh, typically means in our eyes. And so uh, I'll explain this. Um, and so kind of getting a, a brief a description of what I believe, you know, digital citizenship and what I mean by digital citizenship is, is I think, you know, digital citizenship refers to uh, the way of conducting online interactions and the responsibility of uh, each user to to know that you, you, you're speaking to members of your society. Um, and, you know, you need to be so, you know, when you think about, you know, the classic definition of citizenship, uh, it can look, it, it can have different attributes here and there between who you talk to. You know, some people can say, oh, being a good citizen is voting or being a good citizen is uh, standing for the national anthem. Um, but but the overall message of being a good citizen is contributing to society in a way in which you are being uh, or promoting uh, maybe self-respect and respect of others. Uh, and let me be clear, you know, you, you can respect others and have a different a difference of opinion. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, citizenship in general is where it is in today's uh, society, as I view that that is completely the opposite. But for the sake of the argument, uh, speaking specifically on digital citizenship, uh, and, and I think one way that we and I say we as Americans, um, obviously, you know, I'm only 22 years old. Uh, but, but I think a big thing and a big way in which our society has not done a good job on this is the fact uh, and the manner in which digital citizenship has been historically over the last decade um, or two in uh, the uh, education system and how the lack of teaching responsible digital citizenship has uh, has played out. And so, you, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of overarching, you know, we we say that our schools uh, teach citizenship, but but do do we really teach civics at all anymore? Uh, nowadays, I, I hear a lot of kids when I go into schools, oh, civics class is really boring. That's my least favorite uh, social studies class to take. And, and you know, it's honestly quite sad. Um, besides the fact that, you know, civics classes are used uh, more for uh, just, you know, I mean, the overarching message is teaching civics and what it means to be a citizen uh, of our great nation. But you, you know, why, why are schools in, not focused on teaching digital citizenship? And, you know, I don't want to sound uh, like, oh, this is, this is not what's happening anymore, but, you know, and I, and I see a big push uh, and, you know, a big need for this is coming. Uh, and I see school districts already confronting this, but I think that we really, as a society, let the ball down on uh, specifically my generation, you know, I, I, you know, growing up in the uh, early 2010s, you know, the the late 2000s, I was born in 97. So I was 10 years old in 2007. And, you know, I got Facebook when I, or I, I received a Facebook account when I was 13 in 2010, without really the clear understanding, I think, of what truly digital, being digital responsible meant online and you, you know I think that we can I can back this up with you know seeing the uh, types of div divinity I guess not divinity <laughs> I'm not talking about theology here but seeing the divide and the hatred uh, throughout social media today so just some quick facts you know 
two billion people are, are supposedly on social media uh, in the 2019 year. And, you know, I think something to point out, too, is only around 900 million people were on in 2010. And, you know, looking at the overall uh, world population shifts, shifts over this past decade, there, there, there's really, you know, been no other way to put it, but then that people have become more, uh, that there have become more users of social media. I don't know why I said social, social media over the last decade. And this is not because of uh, a, a growing number. There's not been a billion more people added to the world in the last decade, but this is because, uh, you know, social media plays a huge role, as I know you all know, in uh, most uh, Americans and most people in the world's uh, in, in our on our Earth's uh, lives, and so I can see kind of you know this this notion that you know we we were not prepared for this fundamental shift in social life in America. Parents and schools were not ready for this, um, and you know I, I think a big a big area that was let down is the uh, the area of civility, and what I mean by this is um, when. We we are taught, and you know nowadays, you know peop, some people say this is a, you know, sexist or whatever, which is very, very funny to me. But you know, you're taught, hey, uh, I'm a young man. I'm going to hold the door for uh, a, a, if there's a, a young woman, or I mean, an old woman, or whatever the age of the ba- if it's a baby and it can walk, and then great. But you you hold the door open for uh, your lady. You know, I was taught that when I'm walking down the sidewalk and I do not do a good job of this at all, but you know, I'm walking down with my, uh, girlfriend and I'm supposed to walk on the quote unquote, uh, I guess I would say my, in my uh, way of thinking the, uh, less safe side. And so typically that is by the street. Um, and I'm sure that you can kind of think of the common example of a puddle being on the street and a car comes by and you taking the, uh, a splash of water versus, uh, your significant other speaking towards, uh, men, but you know, and this type of civility as I'm not going to just scream at people and call them, uh, the F word, or I'm not going to, uh, degrade them in a way that, that, that loses the civility of an argument or of, uh, I guess of a difference. But we, we really don't see that on social media. And I'm not here saying that uh, I'm for, uh, quote-unquote, hate speech laws or uh, not for the freedom of the First Amendment. But I, I think an area that we really did not address was how to be civil online. You know, it, you're, every text, every tweet, every post, you, you're responding to real people. It's, it's the same sort of interaction uh, in a way. That that you have when it's face to face. I think a lot of people, and I think that you mostly will agree with, that a lot of people kind of hide behind and can hide behind uh, screens and see it as a uh, a way in which oh you know it's it's not as big of a deal if I type it out and send it. Um, and and I think that this kind of boils down to the main point of what I'm trying to say is you know I, I think my generation kind of grew up thinking that. M- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm m- maybe I'm right. Uh, I would I would like to say that this does have some role in uh, the, the lack of civility and the lack of respect that you know has has been shown on social media. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that you know one side of the political aisle is perfect or one side is not perfect. It's it's everywhere. Um, but but I think this this is a big 
big problem that not addressing uh, how to respectfully disagree and how to respectfully have a conversation online has uh, led to a, a negative that we're seeing today. And I think, you know, this this is bigger than what maybe I'm even saying. But, you know, and so another way that this, I think that digital citizenship uh, and, and not teaching the general public about digital citizenship has failed. And that's, you know, how, how fake news, and I'm not saying, you know, fake news like Donald Trump, um, whether you agree with that or not. Uh, what I'm saying is, though, that the the legitimate new news organizations and how social media has created the ability for anyone to publish anything they want online. And so one example of this is uh, coming from the American Economic Association dot uh, org's website. And I think this kind of proves it is so social media was an important but dominant source of election news with 14% of Americans calling social media their most important source. Uh, side note, this is talking kind of about the kind of about the 2016 election. Uh, continuing on of the fall of the no, pardon me, of the known false news stories that appeared in the three months before the election. Those favoring Trump were shared a total of 30 million times on Facebook, while those favoring Clinton were shared 8 million times. The average American adult saw on the order of one or perhaps several fake news stories in the months around the election, with just over half of those who recalled seeing them believing them. End quote. This is concerning. You know, I, I, I pride myself on trying to not pardon if you hear those uh, jingle bells I don't know where that's coming from in my house I just got back from school but uh, every hour that goes off I really like the uh, holiday season getting back into what I was saying though this we were not prepared to properly uh, see and understand and read all of this influx of information that social media has created uh, when the internet you know was was what it we typically think of it today, you know, kind of in you know the 2000s, especially in 2010s, uh, the the way in which to divulge, if I'm saying this correctly, the information that we had at our fingertips wasn't properly taught. It, it really wasn't, in my opinion. You know, we we if anyone who you know is in my generation grew up in school, uh, when you're writing a paper, oh don't don't cite Wikipedia. It's it's uh, anyone can post on it. Don't cite Wikipedia. Like yada yada yada. Yeah, yes, that was taught. Yes, but as far as okay, it's really stressing the fact that hey, you need to read this article. And you need to you need to find other ways and other sources that back up this article's information, um, and and I, and I think it's something to point out too is and and you know I, maybe I'll get a lot of flack for this because you know I, I maybe someone's like oh well you should kind of you know know if it's not you know part of the mainstream media uh, what what uh. Th that this article is incorrect or that this could be fishy blah 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 but you know it it, it happens. It happens every day in America. It's sad to say, and it's true. You know, and if you look at, I think I've talked about it before, but if you look at the amount of support, and uh, I guess not really support, but amount of uh, people, percentage of Americans who believe and trust the uh, mainstream media, is quite shocking. You know, it went from around, you know, in the 1950s, you know, I think like 70, 80, 
somewhere in like between the 70 and 90% area to like today, I think in trying to, I, I can't find the exact article, but I believe it was somewhere around like 8% of Americans believe in, uh, believe that, you know, the, the mainstream media is, uh, is believable and it's quite sad. And so, so one example of this that I would just like to point out, Ooh, breaking news. Judge sentences rapper Tiktashi 69 to two years in racketeering case, signing his cooperation with prosecutors. Wow. All right. So one, one way I think of proving this, uh, which, which I think is quite funny, you know, because I haven't seen anywhere that uh, she has she has talked uh, further on the subject, but the uh, the the area that I would like to bring up, you know, and and kind of say that you know, so the mainstream media does this as well. This isn't random news sort uh, news sites. This is the the mainstream media, and one example of this is. Uh, Kind of speaking about, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, NBC News tweeted out, breaking, Trump administration has formalized work requirements for recipients of food stamps, a move that will cause nearly 700,000 people to lose access to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, a.k.a. SNAPS. And I guess, you know, going back as, you know, I do not uh, cut and edit this show, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say mainstream media. Um, I can bring up other examples, but, you know, kind of speaking towards, I guess, believing everything that public officials say. You know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez subquotes this tweet and says, My family re- relied on food stamps when my dad died at 48. I was a student. If this happened then, we might have just starved. Now many people will. It's a shameful how the GOP works overtime to create Phoebes for the rich with dissolving lifelines of those who need it most. So, then whether your uh, opinions on... Uh, the, the Heritage Foundation or whatever uh, whatever you want to believe in, um, tweeted back, the rule applies to able-bodied adults between the ages of 18 and 49 who do not have dependents. The rule wouldn't apply to parents with minor children, the elderly, or disabled people. The sad thing is, AOC's tweet had over 60,000 retweets and over 230,000 likes on this tweet, which was false. And it was a false narrative. I mean, talking, talking, talking about you know not not having a talking points. What bigger talking point is the last quote? It's shameful how the GOP works overtime to create fee- freebies for the rich while dissolving lifelines for those who need it most. If I was a student, if this happened, we might have just starved. This wouldn't have applied to you, AOC. This wouldn't have. And you're misleading all of these people. By not, by not, by, by saying that, it, it makes no sense. It, it, it makes no sense to continue. That's kind of a, the uh, short, brief uh, opinion that I have on uh, the way that digital citizenship has uh, been promoted throughout the last, uh, I guess, decade, decade or two. I'd also, you know, like to say, you know, I, I think that we, we are, as a society, going to do a better job on this. Or at least I, I hope that we would. It's concerning to me every day, you know, seeing kids my age. And I say a kid because I'm, I'm, I'm 22. Yeah, I'm 22. But I can't, 
I, I still, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the real world yet. Yeah. I'm student teaching, you know, in a few weeks and, you know, I'll graduate in May, but I'm not in the real world yet. Not saying that other kids who are 22 or not, you know, I know when I, uh, when a good buddy from, uh, that I went to middle school with, you know, him and his wife are, uh, expecting their second child, you know, in I think seven months, six or seven months. Um, so, you know, they have, a, they have their lives together a lot more than me. So kind of getting into uh, a few short little uh, things that I've seen over the last week that, you know, I are kind of concerning, I guess. The, the bottom line for the next three or four points is uh, I, I'm a little concerned. Concerned for different reasons, uh, nonetheless. But the overarching message is concerned. So getting in some hot water. First off, hot takes with hot cakes. I wonder if that is a uh, going to be a what's it called when you well, what's that called? A, a patent? No, it's not a patent. Uh, a copyright. <laughs> Maybe that's gonna throw out my entire argument about hearing how stupid I am that I can't even remember what a copyright or what the word is. Pardon that. So let's get into uh, a story that happened over the. Uh, over the past week. And it involves your favorite man, my favorite man too. Obviously, this is sarcasm. Donald J. Trump. So, on December 11th, 2019, Greta Thunberg was named Times 2019 Person of the Year. We all know this, I think. Or at least I... I would say I kind of hope you should, but the way time is name their people of the year uh, over the uh, course of history. I really don't see it as a uh, huge accomplishment, not taking away from uh, Greta at all. But what I want to talk about is uh, on, on the 12th, on the early morning of December 12th, uh, President Trump tweeted out, So ridiculous. Greta must work on her anger management problem, then go to be a good old-fashioned movie, go to a good old-fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Greta, chill. Now, I'm not arguing on Trump's opinion on the subject or my opinion. And I think most people, if you're being honest, his rude uh, approach to this, um, I'm not arguing for that at all. And so I hope that you will have the intellect to see past uh, this as I'm not arguing for uh, the morality of him tweeting uh, rude things. But the overarching message behind this is kind of what I want to address. And what I mean by that is this. And I have a few examples. So, the Democratic Coalition tweeted out uh, a few days ago, I believe it was on the 14th, and said, The First Lady of the United States birther, Mel Melania Trump, was furious when her 13-year-old son Barron was mentioned during an impeachment inquiry hearing, but she has no apparent problem with her husband, Twitter-taunting 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg. For those of you who do not know, a, uh, a witness was called to the impeachment uh, trial uh, over the past week and kind of poked fun at Baron Trump, um, who's, I believe, 13 years old and who uh, the Trumps have done a good job at keeping him out of the spotlight. And I, and I think it's kind of what I want to discuss is, is it's it's different attacking someone who is not uh, promoting uh 
and not it doesn't have a public spotlight versus someone like Greta Thunberg who uh, has has kind of you know put herself in the national and in, in the world spotlight. I will add, you know, it's not like I said. If you if you're taking that, you know, I'm I'm a cuck for. Uh, b- saying that Trump has the right to do this and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm, I'm not arguing whether he has the right to. I think anybody has the right to uh, disagree with. Uh, and I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that this was right for Trump to do at all. And like I said, I hope that you have the intellect to see past that. Um, and I'm repeating myself because I can see people not. But the overarching message is, is this, in my opinion. Okay, wh- why is it... If it's so concerning to people uh, who have who defend uh, her that and, and attack, you know, I've seen tweets of, oh, Trump, like, why are you attacking a 16 year old? Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen plenty of tweets uh, addressing the fact that uh, Thurnberg ha- has a, uh, a mental uh, disability. I'm not making light of that at all. But to to attack Trump for attacking this girl and using her age and her mental capacity as a reason for not being able to attack her makes completely no sense to me. And what I mean by that is this. If it's been a conservative talking point ever since she's kind of became a world leader for climate activism. And I'm not saying I agree with uh, this at all. I'm just saying the point of the matter is some people like Michael Knowles, who uh, famously went on Fox News and uh, said that basically said that she was a pawn by the left um, and that someone with uh, her mental uh, disability should not be uh, is being is being used as the as a pawn by the left is basically what it boils down to. And it's, it's hard for me to not see this or to, to not see that this is true. If the only, if, if the two big reasons, and I guess if, if one of the big reasons in the way that which people are defending her is by saying you cannot attack her and you cannot, and I don't mean actually physically attack, obviously, but you cannot argue or create any discourse with her because she has a mental handicap. That that is a complete double standard, okay? I, if you are if you are putting yourself and willingly putting yourself into the worldwide spotlight, you, and I'm not saying that that Greta is uh, whimpering in a room. I don't think that's the case at all. I think she's a pretty uh, self uh, self strong, self willed uh, person. Um, but what I'm saying is that if, if those defenders who if that's all you can say, that's sad. That that is very sad. And then that exactly proves some conservative talking points, uh, views on the subject. And so I, I, it just concerns me because I think, you know, by, by using, by using that as a first uh, line of defense against, uh, create and, and a way of creating, uh, you, you get what I mean by that. And like I said, in no way do I believe that I am disregarding uh, her her mental disabilities. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying the overarching message of this makes completely no sense to me. You know, I, uh, my, 
I'm I'm the oldest of three boys. My uh, middle brother uh, has Nager syndrome. You know, he's had 20-some surgeries before the age of four. Uh, he has severe uh, physical disabilities. You know, and my parents would never put him in a spot that, and, and would never use his disability uh, for, for a reason to not, to, to do this and I don't think uh, Greta's parents have either and I don't think Greta's not put herself she I think she knows that if she gets a rile out of Trump then she's doing something right in her book um, it's just the overall message that I do not agree with alright so second uh, attack of the day I don't know why I said attack and I guess this is the third uh, little segment on today's show, but that is, uh, the, I'll, I'll just read the article. Okay. So December 16th, excuse me, actually December 17th, justice, uh, Neil Gorsuch, uh, appeared on Fox and friends, um, and, and quoting, uh, Amy Vanderpool on Twitter. I don't know who she is. Uh, she just is apparently got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, popularity from this tweet as it has over 13, or I guess it's almost at 14,000 likes. But Amy Vanderpool tweeted this out. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch just appeared on Fox and Friends this morning, making a point to parrot the Merry Christmas talking point of the GOP. If he's willing to go on Fox and throw a shout out to Republican narratives, what else is he willing to do? You can find the clip online uh, if I'm not explaining it further, but this makes, what are you trying to prove? If he's willing to go on Fox and throw a shout out to Republican narratives, what else is he willing to do? When did Merry Christmas become a Republican narrative? This makes absolutely no sense. And the notion that I would think that, you know, a lot of people who think this way uh, completely throw out the notion and not saying that I agree with the notion or not agree with the notion, but that there is a war on Christmas in America. This completely proves it. If you're going to say that Merry Christmas is a talking point of the GOP and he's throwing out Republican narratives, might I add the Republican narrative that is so damning to our nation is Merry Christmas. Makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. That's all I have to say about that. So another news that is kind of, you know, I've seen it on the uh, mainstream media. It's not being, it's not being talked about as much as uh, what I think it, it, it probably should be. Um, but you know, it's been talked about a lot over the recent months, uh, is, uh, concerning the, uh, the federal government's, uh, role in raising the uh, minimum age to buy tobacco products to 21. And so I'd like to start out with a tweet from Matt Walsh. Uh, the quote says, Congress is raising the age for buying tobacco products to 21. This means that according to us law, by 18, you are old enough to vote, drive, marry, Sign a mortgage, get a tattoo, serve in the military, serve on a jury, buy a gun, but you aren't mature enough to buy a pack of Marlboros, end quote. Now, obviously, there is some satire uh, to this tweet, 
but I, I, I find it really questionable and funny to me because so you, where, so we can vote, but we cannot buy tobacco. I'm not saying we obviously cause I'm 22. Um, but, but where, where's the line? You know, and you see this push uh, on the left now, and it hasn't really been talked about in the last few months, but to uh, lowering the voting age to 16 years, years of age in uh, America. And what I have to say is it's complete malarkey to lower the voting age to 16, but yet have this, this in place as this will, uh, according to uh, the Trump administration, become a, a federal law sometime soon. Um, but, but what, what, what sense does it have if, if, if an 18 year old can vote in an eight, I mean, I guess you can make the same argument with uh, alcohol and stuff like that, but I, I think it, uh, it is a bit different when you, when you, when you get to that point as it does affect more, uh, than just, it affects your uh, mental capacity, uh, which I think is why alcohol, uh, is, at 21 and I think it's different than raising tobacco because you know tobacco products do not uh see see uh you do not see impairments like you do in alcohol and something to point out too that you know really makes no sense to me is uh I see all of these you know I, I gotten home and I've watched a little bit of a uh, local news now and you know the uh ads that run a local news station sometimes can be quite hilarious but I've even seen it on some national nude news uh Sources, but the the idea that there are now uh, law firms that allow you and, and are somehow promoting and offering ways in which you can sue the uh, I guess the comp the company of Jewel and other uh, e tobacco producers uh, for not for basically being. So let me back up. You, you so basically say I started uh, vaping at age uh, at the age of sixteen, so six years ago, um, and you know I, I develop all these problems, blah blah blah. Well, I I can now sue for you know money against uh, Jewel and other e, e tobacco companies because of being misinformed or whatever. And the simple fact is, okay. If you look at the facts, and I, I was in high school when vaping became huge. You know, I, I've, ha I've had a lot of friends who still do vape, and I have a lot of friends that stopped vaping but did, you know, five, six years ago. But if you look at the facts, no one ever knew what was in, what was in these little jewel pods or what was in these e-tobacco uh, substances, okay? It's not like, you know, cigarettes, not def defending uh, cigarette use, but it's not like cigarettes where you know... Each time you take a puff, what's inside, you never knew what was inside. And I don't think that e-tobacco companies were stating, oh, we know exactly what's inside, blah, 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 okay? And it, and it was so new. It's like any new technology. It's like exactly what I talked about with social media, okay? The issue that arises is there's something new that happens, and no one takes the time to properly look into the facts or look into what maybe the best uh, way to approach uh, this thing is. But then you're going to, you know, five, ten years later, when you have popcorn lung and when, when your lungs are, like, at the level of, that they should be when they're 60, when you're 65, 70, you're going to sue because you didn't have self-control, and you didn't have the uh, uh, ability to comprehend that, hey, maybe I shouldn't uh, do this without knowing uh, what's inside of it. You know, for all we know, it, there could be, you know, uh, mustard gas inside. 
You know, it, it, disagree with me or disagree with me not. It makes a lot of sense to me, and it doesn't make sense at all to have to do this. So to kind of finish up the uh, show, I'd like to kind of look back at a tweet that I saw um, from yesterday, December 17th. I'm not going to uh, quote who it was from. I'm not saying that I, I'm not wanting, that I'm wanting to copyright or take this material, but uh, just for the simplicity of for my five viewers to uh, not... Uh, I don't know, Twitter bash or whatever, I guess. I don't know, Twitter bash. But, okay, so so this girl tweeted out this. First base is sex. Second base is hanging out multiple times a week sober. And third base is exchanging phone numbers. This tweet, as of today, has 30,000 retweets and 47,000 likes. Now, I don't know if this was truly meant as a joke or not, Um I would believe so. You know, I mean, I'm probably around the same age as this girl. Uh, it looks like she is a college student as well. Um, you know, and someone tweeted back, what's home plate? And she said, hanging out when the sun is out. Someone said, isn't this backwards? She said, not in college, no. And the overarching message is this is basically true. And I think it's quite sad. And I think this kind of ties into exactly, you know, the, uh, I guess it really doesn't tie into anything, but I think it's really concerning when jokes like this are made because jokes like this are made because it's true. You know, it's true that, you know, college society, uh, is involved with, you know, yeah, we're going to have sex, uh, with some random person, you know, and if we have sex four times this week and, you know, Oh, I, I kind of have started to get feelings for you. Oh, th then we'll exchange our phone numbers, you know, th then maybe, you know, we can start talking and it's completely flipped flopped around. And I think a lot of what uh, is happening in society and the issues that we are having is because this philosophy has changed. Um, not saying that it ever was exactly, you know, flip this philosophy, you know, on the first base, the first base, quote unquote, is exchanging phone numbers. And then the third base is, you know, having sex. But I think that it, it does, it, it is, it, it's really concerning. And I think that something that a lot of people in our generation uh, w would say is that, th that they wish that this was flipped. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, some people pr probably listen to the show, uh, you know, just will disregard this entire argument and say that there's no validity in it. And you know, that they've had sex outside of marriage multiple times with 300, 400 different people. Obviously I'm kidding. I mean, there's probably some people out there, uh, but that, you know, it's fine for them. It's worked for them. And you know, that's great for you. But I, I do not think that for a, a moral society, and I don't like playing the moral game at all, but for a moral society, this is uh, quite shocking because, you know, I, I have seen that, this is true. And so I'll finish the show with this. Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. I hope that the uh, over the course of the next week, you uh, spend time with family and friends. Um, but most importantly, uh, you know, for those of you who uh, are Christians, I, you know, I, I hope you take some time to uh, reflect on and, you know, if you have... Uh, kids or even you know whatever your family uh, structure looks like uh take some time to you know read the actual christmas story i think a lot of uh times you know kind of speaking towards uh the 
Christian faith now than just general society. Uh, but I think this can get lost a lot of times, even in the uh, Christian world is, you know, taking a step back and yeah, I love getting presents. I can't wait to open my presents in a few days. And I also love giving presents, but you know, the, the biggest aspect of Christmas is the fact that, you know, Christ uh, is the greatest gift of all. Um, and you know, if you celebrate another holiday, then I'm not trying to dis include you. And I hope that you celebrate, uh, wherever that may be as well. And so I'll finish this off with three words. Merry impeachment day. I'll talk to you later.